Welcome to this special episode of CareCast, CareNet's podcast on family, faith, and life, with Roland Warren, CareNet's president and CEO, and Vincent DeCaro, CareNet's chief outreach officer. CareCast and more pro-abundant life commentary can be found at care-net.org, where you can watch videos, download ebooks, and subscribe to the Abundant Life blog. This special episode of CareCast was recorded live at CareNet's 2023 National Conference in Mobile, Alabama. The conference theme was Abundantly More, based on Ephesians 3.20. And true to our theme, it was CareNet's biggest conference ever. More than 1,600 pregnancy center staff and volunteers gathered to sharpen their skills to reach out with Christ's compassion to women and men considering abortion. One of our keynote speakers was Dr. William Lyle, known as the pro-life doc. Using the tools an abortionist had left behind at a clinic he helped to shut down, Dr. Lyle created a series of educational videos about the grim reality of abortion. These videos have gone on to gain close to a million views combined. Dr. Lyle is a board-certified obstetrician and gynecologist, as well as the former OBGYN department chair at Sacred Heart Hospital. He taught at the University of Florida and the Florida State Medical School OBGYN residency programs. He is also a medical advisor of the Florida Human Life Protection Amendment, while serving as a member of Focus on the Family's Physicians Research Council. Dr. Lyle is a frequent guest of both television and syndicated radio shows. Rollins sat down with Dr. Lyle during the conference to chat about his work and his keynote address to our attendees. Let's listen in on Roland and Dr. Lyle's conversation. Well, Dr. Lyle, it's a pleasure to have you at the 2023 CareNet Conference. We're right here in Mobile, Alabama, not far from where you are in Pensacola. Correct. So I'm just, it was just such a godsend that you were able to kind of find time out of your just amazingly crazy schedule, I can imagine, to spend time with us. So thank well, you so much for that. It's an honor to be here, uh, just be able to share the w- way that we can serve the kingdom together and defend God's preborn in the womb. Yeah. So we appreciate the honor. Yes. So talk a little bit about just what you shared with, with the attendees. We have sure. about 1,600 uh, people here, one of our biggest, I guess our biggest conference ever, and uh, you got a standing ovation, not surprised there. Wow. <laughs> um, just an amazing uh, presentation. Why don't you talk a little bit about what you shared with, with uh, folks from, from CareNet? Well, the real key is that these are pre-born babies, and there's a difference between the unborn and the pre-born. Gotcha. Unborn just means at this moment in time, the baby is unborn. Mm-hmm. Pre-born, implies that the baby will be born. Kind of like you watch a pre-game show, you don't watch an un-game show. You watch the pre-game show because the next thing is that you're gonna watch the game. Right. So, but these are my patients and my patients are dying. My patients are in the womb. We treat the pre-born as patients and we really took everybody to medical school today yeah. to really give them new tools that they can use to defend the pre-born. We are now routinely, not just doing ultrasounds and diagnosing conditions, we are treating these conditions to save the baby's lives. Mm-hmm. We are routinely doing blood transfusions directly to babies as early yeah. as 18 weeks gestation. You speak about how we need to treat our neighbors as ourselves. Yeah. Donating blood is a way to respect yeah. and treat your neighbor as yourself. Well, we are now taking donated blood, giving it directly into the blood supply of the baby to save a baby's life. That is treating the preborn as patients. But we're also doing spina bifida corrective surgery, open heart surgery, laser vascular surgery, and even recently at Children's Hospital in Boston, Brenton surgery for a condition called a gale malformation. So if they are a patient, they are a person, and if they are a person, they deserve our respect and our protection. Yeah, and I just thought that that was just incredibly fascinating, you know, making that distinction, right? That that, you know, if you've got, you know, I think you might even use this analogy, but I was thinking about this, that, you know, if you have 
two people that come into an emergency room and the doctors help save one and actually kill the other one, right. would people say that that was healthcare? Sure. Well, I mean, would a doctor even say that that was healthcare? I think healthcare. your distinction is, is so, so powerful. One of the tools we'll have when we do training is we will tell people when they were speaking to an elected official, ask them, number one, are you an advocate for patients' rights? Well, if they're running for office, of course they're going to say, yes, I'm an advocate for patients' rights. Then ask them the second question, Will, are you an advocate for patients who weren't born in the United States? Well, of course they're going to say, yes, I'm an advocate for patients' That's rights right. that weren't born in the United States. Then say, then, help me defend my patients that were not born in the United States yet. And yeah. that three-letter word, yet, carries a lot of weight because they are our patients. Even Dr. Sanjay Gupta, we went through an yeah. interview that he did on the vascular brain surgery of a baby with the Galen malformation. And Sanjay Gupta from CNN himself said, when it comes to fetal surgery, we have two patients that go right. to the opera room. Not one patient, two patients. And patients have rights. Most of the states in the United States now actually have patients' bills of rights and if we're treating them as patients, then they have rights and we need to defend them. Yeah, absolutely. So how does, how does the, you know, as you said, preborn baby be a patient in the operating room and as soon as the, they go out of the operating room, they are no longer a person, I'll even right? Take because there are no patients that aren't persons, right? Correct. In fact, I'll even <laughs> right. take it to Unless another you're a vet, I suppose. But. There's a condition that we didn't even have time to go over today, which is called a delayed interval delivery. And a delayed interval delivery only happens with twins. We had a case in Pensacola where the mom came for a Toby Mac concert a few years ago and she was pregnant with identical twins and she was about 26 weeks along. Hmm. She came to the concert, identical twin boys, conceived from one egg, one sperm, then before day 13, divided into two identical copies. And when she was at the concert, we had a little medical emergency. She actually broke her bag of water at the concert. Wow, Toby Mac can do that to you. Toby right? can do it. She was dancing. <laughs> she was you know, into the spirit and into the right. moment. EMS came. They brought her to our hospital. And before we could do anything to stop her labor, she quickly developed in uh, full labor, and she delivered baby A right there at our labor and delivery. And that baby went to our new $70 million, you know, pediatric hospital with the NICU, all the doctors and nurses and technology. It was two placentas and two sacs. The second baby was still on the inside. The placenta was working well and the sac was still intact. So our maternal fetal medicine doctors approached her and said, look, you have two patients, you have two babies here on the inside. Baby A is now in our NICU getting great care with all the doctors, nurses, and the technology we have over there. Baby B is in the best environment possible. The baby B is still in your womb. We'd like to give you some steroids, which will help mature the baby's brain, protect the baby's lungs, and protect the baby's bowel. We'd like to give you some antibiotics so you don't get an infection. we like to continuously monitor that baby. We don't just get days. We don't just get weeks. There was a case up in Tennessee where it was six weeks between two babies being born, two twins. You had twin A being born in June, twin B being born in August. Wow. Well, it's amazing that they're going to start, they'll be in different grades in school as identical twins. Wow. You know? But here's the real key. Yeah, I mean, it's cool technology that they can be twins and born six weeks apart. But what doesn't make any sense is twin A that's in the NICU has all the rights and protection that you or I would have in a cardiac right. care unit. Yet if mom were to choose, she could go to a state like New York, my home state of New Jersey, yeah. and she could legally abort the baby that is still inside of her womb. 
our rights are given by God and it's yeah. the duty of good government to defend those rights and we don't lose our rights due to our geographic location. Yes. Twin A was in the NICU, 100 yards away, twin B is still in her womb. You tell me from one egg and one sperm, how does this baby have rights and the one on the inside does not have yeah. rights? Yeah. So we need to defend them, but we're doing the best that we can to show how we treat the preborn as patients and that a patient is a person no matter how small. Yeah, no, I think it's super powerful. And, and it really, it's a good segue into just the spiritual battle that we're in. Because, you know, if you're in a situation where, you know, and this is where we've seen the culture shift. I mean, increasingly, there are more and more people that as you walk them through, they're acknowledging, yeah, this is a life but they're coming to this next point, which is it's a life worth sacrificing, right? And um, it really is a spiritual battle. And, and you really link that so well in terms of the medical construct that kind of leads to that. Why don't you talk a little bit about that when you were kind of laying that out for, for sure. folks in terms of how to think about that, to kind of go from the medicine to, to the gospel, if you will. Sure. Well, Genesis 1:26, we know that we're created in the image of God. Um, this is after God had created all the billions of planets and stars and galaxies, and then he focused on the earth, all the, you know, the mammals, the birds, the fish, but then at the end he said, let us make man in our image. All this amazing creation was not created in the image of God. At that moment, we are all created in the image of God at the moment of conception, not the day that we are born. So what is abortion at its core? Abortion is an attack against the image of God. Yes. Why does somebody burn the American flag? If you hate the United States, the American flag represents the image of the United States. Right. So if you hate the United States, you're gonna burn the flag. Abortion is the same thing. If you have a hatred towards God and the baby in the womb was created in the image of God, you wanna destroy that image of God. Um, we know that you know, in Psalm 51.5, not only are we created in the image of God when we were born, but we are created from the moment of our conception. Yeah. And that is key. If God loved us all enough that he sent his son, lived a perfect life, gave his life for all of us on the cross, was dead and buried for three days, then conquered death, rose again for all of us. And it's like, when were we sinners? We weren't sinners just from the time of our birthday. Right. We were sinners from the time our mothers conceived us. Yes. So if God loves the preborn in the womb enough, and when he knit us in our mother's wombs, Jeremiah says, if God loved us all that much that he sent his son for the babies immediately after conception, then we have a duty to defend them and protect them. Because like you said earlier, they are our neighbors. Yeah. And we need to protect our neighbors you know, treat our neighbors as ourselves. The preborn are not only patients, they are our neighbors. We even do blood donations directly to babies to save their lives. Yeah. So if a church has a blood drive and you have O negative blood, your O negative blood could be used to save the life of a baby as early as 18 weeks gestation. That's following the greatest commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, no, and, that, and that's so powerful. And I just love that when you said that because it, it's God, he does what he does. You know, because that was my, uh, uh, keynote yesterday where I talked about you know viewing the life issue through the great commandment and, and seeing it at, actually as a violation of the great commandment Correct. that we're called to love God love neighbor love self and that and that the baby in the womb for the mother and you see this every single day it's her nearest near one sure. right that's what the Greek for neighbor means it means near one or near fellow yep. and you and the nearness comes from 
uh, two ways we talk about nearness. One is proximity, I'm next to you. Yep. And the other one is I'm relational, I'm next of kin. Yes. Well, the baby in the womb is her nearest near one. Correct. Proximity, closer than anyone can ever be, and then next of kin, again. So you have those two things together. So abortion really at its core, and this is where you, I just love what you said there because it really highlights the fact that this is a spiritual issue. Yes. It is a violation of the great commandment, of the yes. greatest commandment, right? That we're called to love our neighbor, love God, love neighbor as self. And when you, to your point, when you destroy one of God's image bearers, if you will, that's saying, I don't love God. And Correct. when you destroy the baby in the womb, that's the neighbor. It means I don't love my neighbor. And what you end up with is basically one love that's left, which is love for self. Right. And, and that sacrifice, the sacrificial love that you're supposed to have for your neighbor becomes a sacrificing uh, love of self, which is idolatry. So yes. it is a core, core spiritual issue. And I just love how you as a physician, you know, are linking, you know, this medical perspective and the gospel perspective together. It's such it's so powerful. Oh, so, thank listen, thank you so much uh, for, be for being a part of uh, this mass movement <laughs> of God to reach our, our nation, our culture, and really the world uh, to help uh, preborn children across the world. I just pray that God will continue to bless you and open doors for you and just give you favor in all that you do. Thanks so much for being with us. You're welcome. It's an honor to serve the kingdom of our Lord. All right, that's us shaking hands, folks. All right, thanks very much. We hope you enjoyed this episode of CareCast. For more Pro Abundant Life commentary and practical resources, please visit care-net.org. There you can subscribe to the Abundant Life blog, giving you access to videos, ebooks, podcasts, and other resources to help turn your pro-life passion into pro-abundant life action. Until next time, we pray that God blesses you and yours daily.